This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less tax. This is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. So one of the big topics for years has been culture. And as we have uh, struggles um, hiring people, interviewing people, one of the questions they always ask is, what's your culture? And what I've found over the years is it's very hard to define that and say, well, what is it? So today we have an expert with us to help us define culture and, and talk about how we can evolve that culture and actually make it something that we're going to enjoy because we have to enjoy it first and something then that employees will enjoy as well. And with us, we have Melissa Daimler. She is an expert in this area. And Melissa, welcome to the WealthAbility Show. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. And if you would, uh, Melissa, just give people a little <laughs> of your background and how you got into this whole uh, topic of uh, culture and reculture. Sure. So I have been in organizational development and, and learning for over 20 years in the tech space. And I have always appreciated looking at organizations as a total system. And, and one of the key pieces of that system beyond our, our purpose or our mission and our strategy is culture. And I asked, have asked for many years, uh, you know, what is culture? How do you define culture? And it has been such a nebulous, fuzzy term. And, you know, I, I've gotten, as you can imagine, so many answers to this. It's the organization's soul. It's the personality. It's what happens when the boss isn't around. Um, it's even, you know, worse. It's, it's the donuts. It's the perks. It's the ping pong tables. And I just, I got frustrated that not only were those, you know, unsatisfying answers, but a lot of people assumed this was something that HR just does uh, on the side. It's a just HR initiative. We now have culture officers in a lot of companies. So, uh, you know, beyond that frustration, I also had the opportunity to work at some pretty iconic uh, high growth companies like Adobe and Twitter um, that had not only great, you know, strategic uh, um, uh, focus areas, but also took time and spent time in building a healthy culture. Um, I had the opportunity, and I can say that now, to also work at a company called WeWork, which a lot of people have heard about, which had what we'll just say is an unhealthy culture. And so I, I think now as the chief learning officer at Udemy, which has an amazing culture, um, you know, I had a really interesting um, uh, perspective on kind of what works and what doesn't work. In, in good cultures. And so I wrote this book on, on reculturing because I researched so many books and papers and I attended webinars and everybody had this nebulous, fuzzy definition. Um, and culture has been around for 70 years. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a very practical definition. I do believe that you can design and operationalize culture. Every employee, I think, is responsible. And it's just three things. It, it goes beyond values, but it's also 
your behaviors. So if you were to uh, okay, so let me, let, 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 yeah. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you just for a second here. So, so you're saying that the very first thing is values. So that yeah, of, of I mean, those three I, things, I, the first one is values. I, I think you don't have to start there, but I think it's a lot of places where companies do start as an anchor. Um, and so makes yeah. sense to if, me. If you, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, if you don't know your values, then I don't think you know anything about who you are. So I, I, I think the values yeah. is a great place to start. Okay. So if values is number mm -hmm. one, that'd be a whole different show. What would be number two? Behaviors. So I, I think a lot of companies stop with values. So you and I have seen the lists. We've seen them on, you know, when, when we were in offices more than we are now, they're on the walls, they're on the websites. Um, but so often, you know, a, a value in one company could mean something completely different mm -hmm. in another company. So I was working with two different companies, both of whom had uh, innovation as a value. One was really focused on prototyping more quickly. Like they wanted to get stuff out faster. They wanted to give people the opportunity to have, um, to feel like they were in a safe environment to, to experiment. The other company felt like they were moving way too fast. They weren't getting quality ideas out um, and they wanted to slow it down. So they actually created a behavior um, that was a question. You know, we ask each other why. Um, the other one created a behavior on, um, you know, we, we give space to prototype quickly. You know, it had something to do with moving faster. And so behaviors allow you to codify your values that are relevant to your organization. And it gives a much clearer picture of the playbook that you're trying to operate from within a company. So, so one of the things we do, um, I'm actually pulling this book out. This is a friend of mine, um, um, Blair Singer, who wrote this book, Little Voice Mastery. And, and, and he wrote another book called um, uh, Code of Honor. And he talks about Code of Honor. And Code of Honor is really those behaviors. And so one of the things we've right. kind of implemented as a result of that is for every value, we list a behavior that wow. actually tells you what does that value mean? And th mm -hmm. that's the behavior. For example, if one of our values is, this is a, a, a previous value that in a different company, um, we had a value of responsiveness. The behavior was we respond, we get back to some, anybody within um, one business day. And so that was right. the behavior that defined the, um, the value. Is, is that the type of thing you're talking that, about? That is exactly it. That is exactly it. Yeah, and I, and I think the point of this is, you know, if you think about strategy as, you know, kind of what you're doing, culture is more of how you're doing it. And I think, you know, over the last couple of years, since we've all been, you know, we've learned now that we can work from anywhere um, and culture is agnostic of, you know, any location or an office, culture is really more about how we work together. And it is helping people understand what the expectations are of each other. So when you have new employees coming in, they have a much better idea of how they're going to be evaluated, um, what they're going to get feedback on, uh, how they're going to get promoted. And that is just as important as what they're working on with their objectives. And that, and that all comes under behaviors. Yes. Yeah, so, so that is behaviors. And um, so uh, 
and I and I do think that you know, and I know I, I love that you're you're so practical, which is another reason I wrote the book is because I felt like a lot of people who wrote books on culture had never stepped inside of an organization, right? Of you know, so it was it's very theoretical and. Um, you know, having lived it and with so many other people uh, um, living this every day, I wanted it to be practical. So the other um, piece that I looked at with behaviors is that it's observable. So you, you can observe somebody doing something. Uh, it is, um, it's non-idiomatic, you know, so, so often you hear companies say, don't sweat the small stuff right. or um, hustle harder, or, you know, there's so many different kind of idioms out there. And, you know, employees in Tokyo have no idea what that means. And so it needs to be globally relevant and understandable. Um, it also needs to be neutral enough. I think, it, you know, we, we decided at Udemy that instead of having a separate value and behavior on inclusivity or diversity, that that would be threaded through the behaviors. And so that was a lens that we really used in defining our behaviors. Um, so observable is a key piece. And why uh, that is, is because if you go to the second part, which is processes. So these are all the things, it's a scary word to a lot of people, but we, we do so many uh, processes in our company. So hiring process. So do you embed those behaviors into interview mm -hmm. questions? Um, onboarding, you know, are we not just doing a workshop on our values, but are we actually talking about stories and giving examples of employees who are exemplifying those behaviors? Um, things like feedback. So often I talk to, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, to, to leaders who say feedback is so hard. And this whole performance management thing is so challenging. And then when I ask them, well, what are you giving feedback on? You know, are you clear about, you know, how people are supposed to work? And they just look at me with a, a blank stare. Well, you've never really defined those behaviors that you're right. expecting with people. So how on earth would you be able to give feedback? Um, Promotion processes seem to be harder because all of a sudden we're in a room and it's like, well, you know, Tom did great. You know, he achieved his results, but wasn't really a team player. Well, how do you know that? Are there examples? What behaviors did he exemplify or not? So I, I, I think, again, that the, the behaviors are meant to be embedded into all of those processes yeah, that we have to work through as an employee and a leader. And then the third element is practices. So these are similar to processes, but they're more informal kind of day-to-day -day things that, that we do. So um, practices like how we run meetings, how we communicate with each other, um, how we connect with each other, um, how we make decisions. So, you know, it's not, um, it's, it's not like every behavior has to show up in every meeting, but as an example, one of our values at Udemy is, is always learning. One of our behaviors is that um, uh, we, we uh, ensure that we have productive and, and constructive debates to make decisions. So in meetings, we wanna make sure um, in that practice, um, we're having those constructive debates with each other. Hey, if you like, financial education the way I do, 
you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board certified surgeon and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. Um, so I'll pause there. Yeah, so so I, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, no, and and I'm good with you know. Here's we got three values, behaviors, and practices. That that's a good start. You said something um, a few minutes ago that I want to kind of explore a little bit because I think this is a big, big, big issue for companies right now. And you said that um, culture doesn't matter whether you're in the office or out of the office. The culture is mm-hmm. the same, which. I would, I've had other guests that would dispute that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by that? And how do you really do that? Because I think one of the big questions is one we're struggling with in, in, uh, I have two, uh, well, I have multiple companies, but two of them, we're really struggling with this. Do you bring people back? When do you bring people back? How often do you bring people back? And because of course I'm a baby boomer. So I grew up in the office right now. I haven't actually had an office at the office for about 15 years. And the reason is, mm-hmm. is because I kind of disrupt things when I'm in the office. So they actually don't want me there. So it's actually good for me to be out. And we actually make more money when I'm out talking to people and doing things like podcasts, so forth. Um, however, what I, I have found that the culture, I found that the, the culture has changed with being out of the office. Um, and I, it, it, it's, I think it's because it seems to me like it's so much more, you have to be so much more intentional with culture mm-hmm. when you're not together, when you're together, it's pretty easy. You're seeing people, you've got this human interaction, you know, you've got this natural communication. The culture is a little easier when you're mm-hmm. off on your own. Yeah. You might be getting independent work done and that might be great, but you're not constantly with other people. So mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you bridge that? And how, uh, you know, how, when you say it doesn't matter, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And, and, and a question that I'm getting a lot lately is how do we bring our culture back? Uh, and it, 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 I, I think a lot of people are concerned that, you well, know, that's my point. If you have to bring it back, it's yeah. because it left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, what's funny to me about that is that there were so many elements of work that people didn't love before. So, so why, why are we bringing it back? Why don't we have an opportunity? We have an opportunity actually to design something differently. I am a, a big fan of going to the office. Um, I, I love um, connecting with people live. I do think there is a um, there is an element of being in person that you can't obviously get when we're all working uh, remotely. I, I have a nephew who just started a, a new job and uh, he goes in every day because he learns so much more. You know, think about us earlier in our career. I learned a lot just by watching. Yep. Um, and those in between conversations. So 
Uh, I'm not saying that that isn't still valuable, um, I, but I think what I'm saying is people tend to over-rotate and, and rely too much on going back to the office. So can't have culture if, right. if we can't go to the office. And I think your word is really important, um, which is intentional. Um, because I, I have also, you know, pre-pandemic have gone into the office and not talked to very many people at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really important as we think about this hybrid approach um, to be intentional about uh, leveraging the office differently. So when we do go into the office, are we uh, clear about, you know, what kind of meetings we're going to have? Um, are we being intentional about having our team all be there together that day? Maybe we can get together to brainstorm in a way that you can't do on Zoom as easily. Um, are there decisions we have to make that would be easier to do? And frankly, you know, I make fun of the ping pong tables and the donuts and, and all of that, but it, we all know it's not that that people get attracted to. It's the connections you make with people while doing that. So, so I understand that. Um, so I, I think... I'm, I'm a fan of the office. I, I don't want to, to, you know, I, 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 I didn't mean to, to say that I, I don't think we need the office at all. I just think that um, culture is a much bigger, uh, um, it, it can be it's, defined in a much bigger way than just it. the it's, office. It's not just the offset. So it's not just the physical environment. There's, yeah. there's a lot more to it. I, okay. Th- thank you. That, that's very helpful. Okay. So in the few minutes we have left, because this has been a terrific discussion, um, can you, um, if, if, if you were going into a small business, Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's like you, you suggested at the beginning is like, you know, you know, how would you explain your culture, how you define your culture, et cetera. What would you tell somebody? What would you tell a business owner? Okay. Do these three things or do these five things. Um, this is how to define your culture. This is how to, we, we, we get there's values, behaviors, and practices. I kind of get that in general, but mm-hmm. you know how, if you were to say, all right, business owner, um, this is how you figure out what you want your culture to be and, and what that even means to you. And this is how mm-hmm. you would explain it to, you know, and the, really what I'm getting at is how would I, how do you explain that? How do you define it so well that you can explain it to in an, in a 20 minute interview? That's great. Um, I would say just, well, first of all, if it's just you, it'd be an exercise for you to do, but I'm a a big believer in if there are other people that are working for you to co-create this. So to have a conversation together as a team and answer some of these questions, you know, so um, how do we want to work together? Um, You know, when, when you've been on teams before, um, what works, you know, what didn't work on a good day, what would we be doing? Um, what would we not be doing? Um, what do we, what do we value as an individual? And does that value show up in, in this, in this company? Can that show up? So I think being clear first, just around, you know, maybe three to four values that you would want to make sure, um, you know, represent how you're operating as a company is really important. And then, you know, once you've defined those, being really clear about behaviorally how, how that would show up. So I always say, um, you know, two to three behaviors per value. Um, I, I think 
some companies have gone a little crazy with this. I know Netflix, when they first started defining behaviors, you know, 10 years ago in their culture deck, um, I, I think they had uh, 30 different behaviors. Now it's up to like 47. That's too many. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to just have a it, no more than 10 that really kind of codify and define um, how you're going to work together. And then importantly, how are you going to work with your customers too? This, this definitely uh, flows into customer interactions. Um, and then define, you know, as you're, you're working with customers, as you're bringing in new employees, making sure that you've set up specific uh, interview questions that can bring those behaviors to life. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, um, you know, give us the name of your book and where we can find you and where we can learn more. So the, the book is Reculturing. It's a very bright orange uh, cover. Um, so you can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can find it on, um, you know, uh, where else can you find it? I have on my, on my website, go to my website, melissadimler.com. There's all the places um, you can go. It's also in a number of different independent bookstores. And there's a link to um, that as well if you want to support them. Awesome. Thank you so much. So um, uh, thank you, uh, Melissa. Culture is one of those things. I do think it's it's pretty much a core of everything you do every single day. And, uh, and I think that uh, I, I love that we start with values because I do think that that's uh, critical um, because my experience is when partners break up, when spouses break up, it's always around values. So we really do have to start there. And, uh, and we do want, we, we, we do want employees who share our values. We want customers mm -hmm. even who share our values. I don't want customers who don't share my values. I've actually fired mm -hmm. customers because they didn't share my, share our values. Mm -hmm. And we're very specific. So the behaviors I think go to both, um, both what, what behaviors do we expect of our employees, but what also do we, behaviors do we expect of our customers? Because exactly. I do think that's part of our culture. Um, if I'm understanding what you're saying here and yep. I, yep. I do, and so I, I do think that, um, you know, when we, uh, when we, when we get clear on that culture and I love values, behaviors, and practices. And when we do that, I think we will always make way more money and pay way less tax. Thanks everyone. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>